no sales or more sales, learning should never stop. That's why you and I are here, bringing you Limitless, a maverick podcast channel with perfectly blended sales and marketing tips. Tips from people who have been there and done that. Put on your headsets, earphones or airpods because we are going for a heck of a sales hack ride. Hey all, welcome to another exciting episode of our Limitless podcast series. I am Nisha, a product marketer at Hippo Video and your podcast host. We have with us today, Tony Hughes. Hey, Tony. Hey, Nish. I'm really looking forward to the conversation today. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for being on our podcast. And I'm really excited about the conversation as well. Okay, so a little about Tony. Tony is the co-founder and sales innovation director at Sales IQ Global. He has 35 years of corporate and sales leadership experience having generated record-breaking results as a salesperson, head of sales, and CEO, leading the Asia-Pacific region for multinational corporations, selling author, consultant, trainer, and keynote speaker. His first book, The Joshua Principle, Leadership Secrets of Selling, is in its 10th printing, and his most recent books, Combo Prospecting and Tech-Powered Sales, are published by HarperCollins Leadership in New York. All right, Tony, now let's move on to the questions. So the first question is about your book, like the hugely popular book, Tech Powered Sales. What motivated you to write that book? I know you've been asked this question pretty often, but I want to hear it once again from you. Well, Nish, I actually co-wrote the book with uh, with Justin Michael out of the USA, uh, who is, his nickname is The Machine uh, by people that know him well. So he's someone that figured out uh, how to, in essence, become a little cyborg He figured out how to take the best of being a human in creating opportunity pipeline and selling, uh, become really good at blending that with technology. Uh, And the reality is right now today, as we record this in 2022, uh, we, we are in the midst of the fourth industrial revolution and the pandemic that hit the world a few years ago really created a digital first world Uh, everybody pivoted and thought, well, how do I engage through digital channels uh, as the first uh, and preferred option? Uh, And even as the pandemic started to fade away, uh, what everyone realized is that the ways of working had altered. And then as we emerged into a global recession, so I know that's debatable, but in my view, we're absolutely in recession. um, And we're going to bump along the the bottom in tough times for quite a period. Um, so we've now got a recession economic challenges we're dealing with. And the truth is, if anyone wonders about their future in business uh, as a business entrepreneur or owner, or if they think about their own professional career, if, if you're a, a white collar professional uh, listening to this, you, you know, maybe a salesperson or a sales leader, if we're wondering what the future holds, what we know for sure is it'll be filled with technology. And the thing that prompted uh, us to write the book was that we've always known that to be successful in, in life and in sales, you need reasonable IQ. You don't, you don't have to be a Mensa level genius, uh, but you can't be dumb and be successful. So you need to be you know, reasonably smart. But the big thing you need in sales or leadership is high EQ, uh, emotional quotient. Mm -hmm. You need to understand yourself, your strengths and weaknesses, uh, and how to best relate to others to navigate the people and politics. 
But what we believe is that we need to add a new Q to, to IQ and EQ, and that's TQ, technical quotient. Everybody needs to become good at working with technology and tools to deliver the level, the level of effectiveness that's needed to be successful today. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense, especially in the context of the pandemic and the recession. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so talking about tech, how do you think about between you know automation personalization? I know a lot of tech is being used to you know send emails at scale or do cold outreach at scale. And but sales has to be, you know, personalized in order to um, strike that personal connection. So how do you strike the balance between automation personalization? How do you make your emails or your outreach look like a bot and send them? Yeah, that's a really good question. question. And um, if we just go back to first principles for a moment, the thing we know is that for sales outreach to be successful, and, and my goodness, you know, the world is drowning, drowning in very badly written sales spam. Mm. So for the average buyer out there, they're just being bombarded by very poor content, whether it's inside LinkedIn, whether it's emails, and there's some rules we need to honor if we want to be effective. So, so we need to show the person that we're relevant to them. Um, you know, the, the, the number one way for being successful in building a new relationship is through a trusted connection. So if we're introduced by someone that they trust, that's higher probability. If we don't have that, then we want to reference some kind of trigger event, something that's happened in their world that creates awareness of need or relevance. Okay. And if we don't have that, the, the third best thing, the least most successful thing is at least to reference something about them or their industry or their role. Mm. Now, what's happened is people have started using these sales engagement platforms. So whether it's SalesLoft or Outreach.io, um, whether it's uh, high-velocity sales inside Salesforce, uh, they've got that sequencing capability. The, the, these these sales engagement platforms are some sometimes called sequencers. Mm. So they, they automate the process of sending a whole sequence of emails to somebody. Now, interestingly, um, Nish, just before uh, this call we're having right now, I spent 90 minutes doing coaching for one of the biggest software companies in the world with one of their teams. And one of their managers shared on screen a sequence that had gone to them. By, from a company following this manager downloading a white paper. And it was just awful. Uh, and I made the comment on the call that this was an example of the bots running wild, right? So this company had, had automated a sequence based on someone engaging with a piece of content, and then they just let it loose. And what it just did was annoy this person and, and actually damage the brand of the, of the company that had that white paper in the first place. So we know that personalization is really important. Very few people do it well. In the book, we talk about a context of, uh, uh, sorry, a, a concept of liquid syntax, the idea of automating personalization attributes and then ingesting them into your sequencer. Now, the truth is I've, I've never seen that done well. So although the technology has some capabilities, uh, the best personalization is actually done by humans Right. So so that so that's the reality of it. Um, if if you automate personalization badly, what you'll end up doing is burning through your list, having your domain blocked and damaging your own brand without getting any of the sales results that you were pursuing. 
So mm -hmm. it's really important to do personalization well and automating personalization is a dangerous thing to attempt. Okay. So writing on that uh, question and your answer to it. So where exactly should technology come in in that case? Because uh, from your answer, I think, you know, part of it has to be taken over by salespeople, you know, instead of leaving it to technology. So at what stage in the sales process should you introduce technology? Well, technology should be used in every single phase of the sales process. And if I think about uh, professional B2B selling, business to business selling, uh, there's really there's really three main phases. There's, there's opening the opportunity and securing access um, to people and information in an organization. And opening is without doubt, Nish, the, the most difficult and the most important phase of selling because the way we open determines the probability of ever being able to close a deal. So as an example of this, if we try and open opportunities by talking about us and our capabilities, mm. what we typically do is we get treated like a commodity, we get compared with our competition, and we get lots of questions about price. Whereas if we can open an opportunity in a very different way by talking about the customer's opportunity to drive improved results, mm. now the customer's focusing on the business case for change they're focused on the improved results that they could drive. That's how you sustain an opportunity. It's how the customer makes it a priority and finds the money. So it's important that we open in the right way. Now, the next phase of selling is, is, the, is the progression of the opportunity. So we're gathering consensus. We're validating some kind of solution and validating the business case, mm. navigating the people and politics of an organization. So, you know, that's that's the middle stage. And the middle stage of an opportunity, you know, between opening and closing, the middle stage is where many deals go to die. <laughs> so we won't we won't talk about all of that now. That's another topic. And then the third phase of selling is is closing, right? C closing and onboarding your customer so that they're successful and an advocate for us in the marketplace. Now, in all three phases of selling, we should be using technology. If we think about opening. What we should be doing in seeking to open opportunities is, is we, we want to open the opportunity uh, in a way that shows strong relevance. And we can do that by monitoring for trigger events. So you can use technology to scour the internet for target organizations that fit your ideal customer profile and where a trigger event has occurred that increases the propensity to buy. So a trigger event creates awareness of need and context for us. So you can use technology to, to do that. Um, I'm, on, I'm on the board of a company called Trigger.ai. So it's uh, T-R-I-G-G-R. Uh, so there's no E in it. So Trigger.ai. Okay. Um, they run a headless browser. They, they monitor for the tech stack that's being run. They, they look at all the job ads that are being advertised, the job descriptions. They infer and imply tech. Right, so you, you can start to say any company that looks like these other companies and these trigger events occur, we should be talking to them. Uh, a simple thing like LinkedIn Sales Navigator can be used to monitor role-based trigger events for us, uh, mergers, acquisitions. And you can use tech to be your virtual assistant to serve you up lists of organizations you should be targeting. If you manage an account and people change roles, inside mm. your existing customers. That introduces risk and opportunity. 
We can use technology like Sales Navigator to let us know about these things. There's tech out there that gives us email addresses, mobile phone numbers, the whole configuration of the tech stack of the organization we sell to. You can look at the history of people, do our research. So, you know, technology pervades every phase of the sale, every phase of the sale. If you look at, at the middle stages and closing stages of an opportunity, building a mutual plan, um, you know, there's awesome collaboration tools where you can start to build a mutual plan with the customer. Uh, so that they feel they that they've co-created the way we're going to get this through to completion. Yeah. Uh, if if you look at your own CRM systems, we can think about deal stages and time in stage. Uh, we can look at things, for example, around proof of life uh, in a deal, uh, actually being alive and progressing to help coach and prompt the salespeople. So there's all kinds of technology. We could be transcribing calls. Uh, the tech is already out there that can watch a call. Um, it can do tr transcription. It can monitor talk time. It can give coaching platforms like Gong. So they, like, there's all of these technologies out there uh, that, that every organization should think about uh, building into their tech stack. How do, they, how do they mash up and build the best tech stack? So it's almost like using technology as a sales assistant, like your first yes. assistant. Yes. Yeah, and 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 in the book Tech Powered Sales, there's a chapter toward the end that that I wrote, you know, a day in the life of the future, mm. and I I talk about this scenario that's really quite mind blowing, uh, and it's all around this this uh, uh, sales team entity virtual assistant uh, Steve. Um, and, and the thing is, you know, this is, this is hypothetical, but what I say in the book at the end of this, of this case study that I lay out, you go, wow, this is mind boggling. And I say every single element that I talk about in the book, every element is here today. It all exists. There's only one thing missing. There's one piece of technology missing. And the thing that's missing from what I wrote in the book, Tech Powered Sales, in this case study, A Day in the Life of the Future, is the orchestration bot. In other words, the bot that orchestrates all of these other pieces of technology. Um, but that's certainly the future, right? We'll, we'll all have a, a sales virtual assistant that, that helps us with pre-search, right? And, and all of these other things that we actually need to know about. Okay, so it's like tying all the other pieces of technology together, one technology, one piece of technology to tie all the other pieces together. Something yeah, exactly, like exactly. Okay. And and at the moment, you know, this is part of developing our own technical quotient, our own TQ. So if you're listening to this, thinking, what does it really mean for me to develop TQ? I understand IQ and EQ. What is technical quotient? How, how would that manifest and be evidenced in my life if it was strong? Uh, and in the book, we actually provide a checklist, right? But, you know, what you'll be able to do is you'll be able to use your tools of trade masterfully you'll be able to build really strong Boolean searches using Google. Uh, you'll understand how to use the Boolean search wizard inside LinkedIn Sales Navigator and save those searches and configure it as your trigger event engine inside LinkedIn. Um, you'll be able to build your own mash up, you'll mash together your own pragmatic tech stack right? that helps you be more effective in, in monitoring for trigger events, for finding emails and phone numbers. Mm -hmm. um, uh, for automating basic tasks, you'll learn how to use the email sequencing tool in your own company because you'll segment your territory and you'll think I'll adopt an automated email approach, you know, for the for the three quarters of my territory 
Yeah. Um, you know, but for a quarter of the territory where they're bigger organizations, there's higher propensity to buy. I recognize I get one shot at the top. I'm going to go deeper on research on, on the 25% of my patch. I'm going to adopt a, a, a more manual approach, but leverage technology versus automating the outbound in other parts. Mm. So, so that's really what developing TQ really means. So we just recognize the fact that that machines and AI and tech is really good at filtering big data. It's yeah. very good for finding signals amidst all of the noise in data and monitoring for trigger events. It does, you know, what if analysis and pattern matching. Uh, Technology is good at making recommendations. So uh, I know Salesforce are doing a lot of work around, you know, using their own AI to suggest best next steps. Yeah, Einstein, uh, right, I think. Yeah, exactly with Einstein, uh, Einstein for forecasting. Right, so you can use technology for automating tasks and workflows, um, you know, for, for generating proposals, uh, configuring all the elements of a quote, securing approval, uh, information analytics. So we need to use that part of tech well, but then we need to recognize there's things that will always be the domain of humans. So this mm -hmm. thing of, of storytelling and uh, fun and humor. Uh, transferring belief, you know, that's one of the first things we have to do in selling is, is be an evangelist and transfer our belief to the other person on that person's opportunity for a much brighter future uh, and improved future state. Um, so belief and trust are really important in selling, and that's the domain of humans. Um, managing ambiguity and politics, uh, creating emotional consensus, um, creating a vision for the future. You know, all, all of these things are really the things that humans do, but, you know, building a good business case, navigating all of those politics. Um, so if we can leverage the strengths of being human with the power uh, of technology, that's how we create a level of effectiveness with efficiency that'll be unrivaled. Right. So we can just achieve so much more. I, I often say that an old dog that can learn new tricks mm. will always outperform, you know, a young pup, <laughs> no matter how, <laughs> no matter how tech savvy that they think they are. It's very true. Yeah. And uh, technology frees up a lot of time, right, for sellers, like, you know, by uh, automating all the mundane tasks. So how can sellers effectively use the time, the time freed by technology? I know you touched upon it in your previous answer, but could you elaborate a little more on that? Yeah, so let's maybe think about something like CRM. So, you know, every B2B seller in the world should be using a CRM system. Many sellers uh, just jump into their CRM half an hour before their weekly sales meeting and do their updates. <laughs> um, and that is and that is not the way to use CRM. Um, so my, my challenge to the leaders of organizations is, is we need to implement CRM, you know, platforms like Salesforce. We need to implement them in a way that enables the sales process and gives sellers back their time. So if you think, well, you know, we, we people go to a website, uh, they fill in a form, they show interest, you know, we want a seller to bring them back, call them back. You want that lead to be allocated inside CRM, nowhere else. And then, then you want to be able to give a single view of all of the history and interactions with this particular customer or potential customer. And if you're going to blend together the process of discovery and qualification, 
you know, you want those questions to be surfaced in CRM and captured in CRM. And based on that discovery, if they become a qualified prospect, you might need to give them a proposal. Mm. You want them to be able to hit a button inside CRM that then generates the proposal leveraging the data. If the seller needs resources internally to help win the deal, you want the decision to allocate resources coming from inside the CRM. So if CRM becomes not just your system of record, but your system of execution mm -hmm. for providing a much better experience for your sellers and also the customer, now you'll capture the data you need that provides the insights mm -hmm. and improves the results that you're looking for. So think about if I'm going to implement any technology inside my organization, how does this give people back time? And how does this make the execution of the process easier for them and with more consistency? And we want to align our sales process with the buyer's journey, right? In the way that gives everybody back time uh, and, and gives people a much better experience, right? That's, that's how we ensure the successful adoption of technology. Yeah. So how do uh, sellers effectively use the time that's been given back to them uh, by technology, like, you know, in building human relationships or navigating politics, as you mentioned? So what else can they do with that time? Well, many sellers are, are extremely busy failing. So they're driving huge levels of ineffective activity. So we all need to recognize, uh, I, I, I used to be a drummer many years ago, <laughs> playing okay. the drums. And, and, and the thing for all musicians is all good musicians know that less is more. Mm -hmm. Less is more. Uh, the sort of busy, busier we get in playing our instrument, the more things going on in the band, the sloppier it sounds. Um, you know, the, 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 the more it doesn't work. And it's the same for sellers. So we need to think less is more. Uh, how do I use the technology to help me decide where to focus? How do I use technology to give me back time to do some serious research where I can pull some genuine insights that'll help me elevate the conversations inside an account? So every seller listening to this, I just really encourage you to think about segmenting your territory and deciding on the accounts you're going to go deep on you know, as, as part of improving the probability of success, right? So just think, you know, where will I take more uh, an automated outbound technology-driven approach to try and uncover the 3% of the market that's looking for what we do, and then maybe some of the 40% of the market that are typically open to change, right? So technology, build my messaging to appeal to both of those categories, because that's the truth. Only 3% of the market's looking for what we do at any given point in time, but 40% is dissatisfied with current state. They're open to change. But then for the ones I'm going to target and go deep on, right, I, I spend that time doing research. So, okay, on to the next one. Uh, so one of the emerging technologies in sales is, you know, video, particularly in prospecting. Have you used video in your cold outreach or prospecting or would you recommend using that? Uh, yeah, so uh, in the book, we talk about V-mail, you know, which can mean voicemail or video mail. Okay. <laughs> so um, uh, video is very powerful, but what we find with all forms of sales outreach, mm. uh, the more others are all using it and using it badly, uh, yeah. the, the less it's going to help us drive mm. results. So I'd absolutely encourage people to use video. 
Um, so there's certainly some great tools out, out there that, that help us do video mail and, and videos incredibly well. Uh, at the most simple level, um, you, you can use your LinkedIn mobile app. You cannot do this on your web browser, laptop version of LinkedIn, but on the LinkedIn mobile app, you can record a short video and you can send it to people. So, so I think video mail is innovative. It's a really good thing to do. Um, but we want to make sure that it is highly relevant to the person, right? So you would get video mail maybe into your sequences. You may not use video mail in the first sequence. What A sequence is what I call a combo, a combination of touches. Um, the, most, the most basic combo in markets where voicemail is a thing. In markets like India, you know, voicemail isn't really used. Uh, some Asian markets, it's not really used. Uh, but in a place like Australia or the US where they use, you know, voicemail, the most basic outreach is you phone. If they don't answer, you leave a voicemail. You then send an email. That's a basic triple. Mm -hmm. Maybe 48 hours later, you phone again. You leave another voicemail. You bump the email back. Um, uh, and then maybe you send a calendar invitation. So in the, in the voicemail, it says, hey, Mike, uh, it's Tony from Sales IQ. I'm, I'm just following up. Um, and wondering how Monday at 8.15 would work for you. I'll, I'll send you a calendar invitation, but let me know if there's a better slot. Yeah. So then I bump the email back. <laughs> I changed the subject line to Monday 8.15 question mark, and then I'd send a calendar invitation. And then maybe if they didn't accept that or didn't turn up, right, I would then phone again. Hey, Mike, sorry, we couldn't get together on Monday. Um, yeah. Please let me know, you know, what, what works best for you. Um, and then I, I bump the email back. You may decide to add video mail, you know, at, at this point in time. Um, so you need to obviously A and B test everything that you're doing with outreach and decide which channels of communication are most effective. So in some markets, you know, WhatsApp is incredibly important. Um, some people feel bombarded by, by what happens in LinkedIn and ignore it. Other people are in LinkedIn regularly. Mm. Um, you know, so maybe it's text messages, video mail, uh, email, uh, LinkedIn. Um, you know, we need to think about how to best build those sequences. Awesome. Okay. So a prolonged sales cycle is one of the major problems plaguing sales teams, right? So how does technology shorten sales cycle? Okay. So a couple of things. Um, there's... There's four reasons the deals tend to drag out, slip, stall, and eventually die. The first reason is a lack of compelling commercial value in change and in investing in change in the eyes of the people above where we're typically selling. So we, we need to, to nail the business case. We need to nail the compelling commercial value of change. That's what will have the customer motivated. In the absence of a compelling event, which is normally the case, the normal state of affairs is there is no compelling event. Uh, what we need is a compelling business case, a compelling commercial reason for change. You want the customer thinking, every month we stay in current state, look at what it's costing us and look at the lost opportunities, the opportunities we're missing by not improving things. The next reason the deals uh, tend to slip, stall and die is a lack of consensus. So again, we can use, we can't really use technology uh, in, in a sense to nail the commercial value. That's really a human thing that we need to do. 
but we can use technology to do high levels of research time effectively. The next thing is consensus. Are all of the stakeholders on board for agreeing to change? Uh, and the reality is uh, we can use platforms like LinkedIn Sales Navigator to really try and start to map the power base of an organization. So you can use technology for that. Mm. Uh, the third reason deals tend to slip and stall and not close is just the lack of alignment around process and timing. And we can use collaboration tools to build a mutual plan with the customer, right? Mm. So we, we can definitely do that. Uh, we can use technology to drive engagement with all of those stakeholders, uh, now, just in case someone's curious, I said four reasons. The fourth reason is something nasty happens. There's just some nasty surprise that we feel we can't control. And that's things like our key supporter leaves the organization, they get acquired, they post bad results. And although we feel we can't control those things, what we know is that time kills deals. So the longer the deal drags out, the higher the probability of the nasty surprise. Yeah. So if we nail those first three things, we nail, the, we nail the risk in the fourth. So technology inside CRM, for example, can help us with forecasting accuracy. It can help identifying deals getting stuck in stage. It can monitor for trigger events, for example, of key senior executives leaving or joining our target organization. That's a huge area of risk in a deal, right? New senior people coming in or leaving. Um, so technology can help us, especially in those areas. Okay, that was very insightful. Thank you for that. And uh, I think yeah, this is our last question. So what are some books or podcasts that you recommend every sales professional should read or listen to or that um, you read or listen to? So I know this is shameless self-promotion niche, but... <laughs> I just encourage everybody to, to everybody everybody to read Tech Powered Sales. Tech Powered Sales. Uh, the companion book to Tech Powered Sales is Combo Prospecting. So Combo Prospecting and Tech Powered Sales are essential reading if you're trying to solve your outbound pipeline generation problem as a seller. It's essential reading. I uh, really encourage you to subscribe to the podcast at Sales IQ Global. At Sales IQ Global and at Sales IQ Global, uh, we've also got a Create Pipeline course that really talks about all of these concepts, especially nailing your, the definition of your ideal customer profile, truly understanding the buyer personas to whom you're selling, and then really nailing that narrative and building your sequences, you know, as you drive outbound. Um, yeah, so they'd re they'd really be my recommendations. Yeah, I I think that's you know a great recommendation, especially you know given the times and the value of technology that people are seeing with the pandemic and the recession and pace at which you know technology is expected to grow in sales. I think it's a very relevant recommendation and it's not self promotion at all. So thank yeah. you for that, Tony. I think that's a wrap. Thank you so much for being here. It was great having you here and you know listening to your wonderful insights on using technology in sales i'm sure our audience have been truly inspired to adopt sales adopt technology in their own sales processes and so thank you tony for that insight powered session and thank you listeners for tuning in today we'll be doing many more many more of these podcasts with much more stellar sales leaders from around the globe so stay tuned to our upcoming episodes we are on apple spotify google and stitcher as well subscribe to get notified when a new episode is out 
and please leave us a review here on Apple. Thank you for listening and bye bye. And thank you, Tony, once again for being here. It was great having you. Thank you, Nish.